Switched on on F104 and I'm joined by the co-founder of Prism Therapy Online and Chartered Psychologist Louise Carroll. Hello. Hello, Louise. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Now, this has been going around for a couple of months now, but Therapy Speak and how it's being used in almost general chat, day-to-day conversations. Is this a bad, I suppose, habit or way we're getting into? It's certainly something that we're becoming more familiar with because social media has put up far more information, you know, than we've ever had access to before. Mm -hmm. And it's at the end of our fingertips, understanding what it is that we've been through in our lives, summarized neatly into one post, you know, or a carousel of posts. And that can be really enlightening for people to take and kind of run with. And it, it can be really helpful. But also, if it's separated from the context or something much more profound and the understanding of the deeper experiences somebody has, it can miss the mark. And when we read something, and this is, look, this is the world over at this point, we read headlines, you know, we read the Mm. first paragraph and we think that we know exactly, you know, the core messages of what that is, rather than looking into the nuance and the detail of when it occurs, how it occurs, why it occurs. And so we just take that first paragraph or that first headline and we run with it and we use it in conversations with other people. And as a result, other people can feel quite unheard, misunderstood and sometimes undermined with the language that comes at them if it's used inappropriately. What language tends to get used under this heading? There's so many um, different terms or different phrases. You know, one, one that I would hear quite a bit of or, or used actually or nearly recommended to be used mm-hmm. on social media is I don't have the emotional bandwidth for this mm-hmm. right which is intended as a way to put boundaries around yourself to keep people at bay to protect yourself mm-hmm. and you know I think one of the confounding sort of variables here is that if we're learning how to take better care of ourselves which we do need to do right how do we do it in a way that doesn't actually impact or damage our relationships, right? There's a way to actually protect ourselves and look after our own mental health without severing those connections. And if it's somebody, if these people are friends or family who we actually really care about, but we do feel overwhelmed and stressed, saying something like, I don't have the emotional bandwidth for you right now, it's not necessarily, you know, when, when this is up in a post or when this is said in the therapy room, it's a way to actually explain or to help that person visualize where to draw boundaries around themselves. It's not necessarily intended for you to go out and repeat it verbatim to somebody that you care about, right? I often talk about compassionate boundaries. You know, I think when the concept of boundaries came up, which is a really important one, how do you mind yourself? How do you not accept, you know, bad behavior or in your eyes, behavior that's maybe hurtful or that is just draining too much of your energy? It is important we know when to say no, but we can do it compassionately. And often I think that, that, that bit gets missed and it becomes about this sort of hard line setting boundary, which can upset the other, right? And, and can actually distance the other as a result. What is the best way of introducing boundaries or even kind of trying to figure out what your own boundaries are? Well, the second part of your question is the first thing that should be done. Right? Okay. So, so the first thing to do is actually figure out what your boundaries are. Okay. If you're constantly resentful right, of other people, if you're constantly complaining, even internally, you're probably giving away far too much of your energy and you're not doing anything about it. You're not saying no. Right. So, so that's what happens. If you're not saying no enough, you'll end up feeling resentful. 
So that's your clue. If you're feeling resentful, you haven't set a boundary. You haven't said no. So these are the ways that we figure out what are we doing in our lives that isn't serving us anymore? Maybe it did once upon a time, but if we're not feeling good, we've gone off track. So that can be a helpful way of thinking about well, what am I not doing that's impacting how I feel now and how, what would bring me more joy? What would give me more space and time in my life? Um, and how can I get that? And maybe it's clearing space for myself, but maybe it's also having integrity about that. Maybe it's actually, you know, sometimes we talk about cancelling plans, cancelling plans because of self-care. But what I often see actually is this huge swinging of the pendulum from, from honouring everything that you used to do in your life to completely cancelling everything in the name of self-care. And actually, again, we're impacting our relationships yeah. by not, not upholding promises that we make you know, that are actually good for us in the long term. It's easier to stay at home. Don't get me wrong. It's easier to, you know, lie in the bed, to watch Netflix, to read a book at home. It's much easier than to get on the dart or the bus or wherever and head off into town and meet people. But actually, it's the latter that keeps us, keeps our lives enriched, you know, and keeps our relationships thriving. Um, and sometimes, you know, feelings get a huge, um, I guess, they get a huge amount of attention online. You know, if, if we feel it, it must be true. And I, 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 that is the single biggest misnomer. That is one of the biggest follies. Your feelings are absolutely valid, but they don't necessarily represent the truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to stand back from how we feel and look at what we need and look at what's important to us and what we cherish and what we value and what's fulfilling in our lives. And then we take action in accordance with that. That's a really good point because you can react in the moment and kind of make maybe a bad decision. But if you take some time out and kind of really look at it and really dig into why you're feeling that way, you might come out with a different outcome. Absolutely. There's, you know, there's a brilliant quote, Viktor Frankl, Frankl, who had Man's Search for Meaning. He was in Auschwitz and he talks about the space between stimulus and response. Mm-hmm. So that space between when something happens or, as we say, something triggers you right before you react there's a space in between those two things there's a space there and in that space you have a choice right and you have and and that in that choice lies your growth so in that space you have a choice about how you react what you do next and if you're doing something every single time in that space right that isn't leading to good results then you have an opportunity to do something different to get better results you need to change something yes you need to change something. And sometimes, it, you know, because we've done something our whole lives, mm-hmm. the, the feeling of reacting feels really right. It mm-hmm. feels like the right thing to do. It feels like we have the truth. It feels wise, almost, because we've done it our whole lives. So if somebody annoys us in a relationship, right, they, they do something that triggers our insecurity, we get even more angry, right? We push them back and we emotionally withdraw. And to us, that feels like the right thing to do. It's kept us safe all these years. Why wouldn't we keep doing it? Well, the reason we wouldn't keep doing it is because it's not serving the relationship anymore. And actually it's keeping you going around in a dead locked pattern over and over and over again. So there's a reason why you might do something different, even though it might feel like you're going against the rain, against the grain. But, you know, this is why I often work physiologically like working with the nervous system because that's it's your body that forces you to react in that moment the way you've always done 
Mm-hmm. So if you can regulate yourself in that moment, you can choose to do something different. It's amazing, actually, because when you I know it's obvious, but when you say it, it is kind of like you're in control of this, like you can figure out and do exactly what you want to do. You're in complete control of it if you take that control. Yes. But you also, you know, you're also not automatically supposed to know what the right answer is or what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do. And that takes a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Maybe it takes therapy. You know, maybe it takes talking to other people who've been through it or been through something similar that you have and has come out the other side. You know, it's not your fault. But if some if you're doing something over and over again and it's not working, you do have the ability to change that. You know, and, and I something that I, again, really work hard on with people is how do you take accountability in your own life? Mm-hmm. Right, Because when we hook ourselves up to somebody else because it's their fault, and by the way, it might be. <laughs> it might be their fault they may have wronged us in multiple different ways but if we keep hooking our wagon up to that then we never learn to take accountability for what we can do differently we always have the ability to do something different so for me it's always about shifting focus away from the ways in which you don't have power to the ways in which you do do you think everybody should go to therapy i say therapies for everyone you know that that's one of the prison therapy online kind of phrases mm-hmm. and you know I, I I do really believe that because I don't you know I've worked just thousands of hours at this point you know of, of therapy and well both myself and four others mm-hmm. but it's not just about being ill you know I, I think we've come a long way in Ireland of talking about mental health we've moved away from an illness model you know and I continue to perpetuate that which is mental health is not about the absence of illness it's about the presence of connection and it's about how do we learn ways to cope better how do we learn ways to regulate ourselves in the face of stress you know or of chaos or how do we get ourselves unstuck from career paralysis how do we move out of those things how do we how do we learn how to do that for ourselves mm-hmm. so so much of it is mental fitness you know it, as opposed to actually just being ill but of course there's also people who are really in pain and do need support so do I think it's for everyone yes in different ways we can all learn something from it I think for sure Mm -hmm. yeah I do I do really believe that it depends on where you are in your life but you know mental health is a spectrum Mm -hmm. you know from the severe to where your life's okay Mm -hmm. you know but you but you think that you could do better you think that you have potential for more and you're wondering what's keeping you stuck See, that's the thing. It kind of now it's it's planting a seed because people are kind of it does make you think, really, doesn't it? And I think that's kind of the beginning of that journey of figuring yourself out a bit. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. And if until you figure yourself out, it's going to be very different for you to react differently in that space, you know, in that space between stimulus and response. We're going to keep reacting the same way until we understand why what's propelling. Yeah. Exactly. Until we understand why. Why are we reacting like this? What does it remind us of? You know, why are we getting defensive? What message are we taking from what that person has just said that has just perforated our hearts, right? Or that's really upset our egos in some way. Mm-hmm. What is it? And how can we step back from that and know that it doesn't define us and actually stay more connected to our values, what matters to us so that we can act in line with that? That's that's part of how therapy can really support you too. It's it's like it grounds you, it anchors you, so you can think rather than losing your mind right in those moments of stress. 
How can people find out more about what you do? Well, um, I am on prison therapy online. Um, that's probably the easiest way. But I do a, the therapy room, which is a spin-off kind of episode podcast on Niall on Brazzy's Where Is Your Mind podcast on mm-hmm. on um, on all the different platforms. So we do that with Tony Bates as well. It's the three of us. So every month we take a different topic and we talk we talk about it and we call it the therapy room. And you delved into a bit more into therapy speak as well. So if people wanted to find out more, they can get more information on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's the, actually it's the last episode of the therapy room that we speak about that. Excellent. Chartered psychologist Louise Kyle, thank you very much for chatting to us. My pleasure. Thanks, Louise.